episode 98 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, or TI4 as it's commonly known. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and Aaron talk about playing TI4 for Jason's bachelor party. If you're not familiar or interested in TI4, this episode may be hard to follow. They didn't necessarily give too much overview or details about the rules or how it works. They'll be recapping their experience playing the game and talking about what they would like to do in future plays. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to Aaron and Adam talking about their playthrough of Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. So we played Twilight Imperium, and uh, I I think what I want to do before we start the episode, I want to talk about what I, I expect this podcast to be and what I expect it not to be. I think what I expect it to be is... A description of how much fun we had doing a thing for our friend for his bachelor party, playing TI, and then relating the experience. I do not expect it to be an in-depth analysis of the factions that we played or the mistakes that we made. We can talk a little bit about that stuff, but uh, there's other there's other sources out there that are going to be way better than us. Well, I would second that second part because I forgot the name of my faction before you just told me six minutes ago so do, do you know it now? don't think i'm coming in mm, there's a hyphen in there i believe there is a hyphen it, it shares a it shares a very interesting attribute with uh both of my names in that it has a double a in one of the words um that's not i mean that's i could just start making some sounds it's, uh, i don't know if it's gonna be helpful the Nas, we'll get to that in a moment though the nas roca alliance i mean some sounds might have worked we had uh someone playing the in, in the imperium we played a five-player game we had someone playing the federation of soul that's the only non-expansion faction that we used Adam, as we mentioned, played the Nas Roca Alliance, and I played the Nomad. <laughs> Fun fact, we're doing this for our buddy, his bachelor party. He loves to play the game, hardly can get folks to play with him. So we decided, let's do it. Let's get all the people who no- wouldn't normally play a game like TI together, and we'll play the game. Let's start with setup. Adam, what, what do you think the experience of setup was like? I'm going to start before setup. Oh, we're not I'm so starting sorry. setup at all. I want to give you a fair amount of credit, and I want to give me a fair amount of shade Because, so we went into this with a plan for everybody to learn the game ahead of time because it's a pretty big game. Um, You did a wonderful job watching videos and reading uh, the material. You helped to assign factions to different people so that we could learn not only the game itself, but our specific faction strategies. I, the morning of, started watching the basic tutorial of this. So I think as we go through this, it's going to matter because we may have different viewpoints. Now, ultimately, we right. all learned how to play the game and played the game just fine. I don't think there were, like, massive rules breaches, maybe some finer detail. Uh, just minor ones, which are certainly not more than you would expect from the first playthrough of a group of people where only really one person – I had played half of a game before – and then we just didn't make enough time for it. We didn't finish. I think we had we set aside eight hours. It was my first game. Jason has played maybe once a year for the last four or five years, uh, and that was the that was the sum of the experience at the table. I will say thank you for the credit. I'll I'll take some of it away. I started. I, I did thoroughly read the rules twice and a half before we played, but I didn't actually start reading the rules in earnest until like five days before. We've been planning this for months. What I did do before I read the rules in earnest was assign the factions. As you might have heard from our introduction of factions at the top of the episode, what that meant is I assigned almost all expansion factions without realizing we didn't have the expansion. So I went and bought the expansion the morning of the party. That is, you bought it the day before. 
Oh no! Wait, it was the morning of the start of the party. You're it was the morning right. of yeah. It was the day before we played, but it was it was the morning of the start of the party. So that was that was uh, experience one, and then that kind of flows into setup because I was not prepared to set up the expansion map. We were some hours into setup when we realized we probably should use the expansion map. And then I would say the, the the biggest rules breach we had is we played with a bunch of expansion alliances and we didn't we did we did not change the map. There were no planets from the expansion map that weren't like the home planets of the expansion factions in the game. There were a few fun you me moments because yeah. you and I well a we've been playing games for a long time. You and I knew each other. Uh, the the cast of characters that were there, everyone knew each other in some capacity, but not everybody knew each other. Yeah, there were sense. people in the room who had not met before, though that you could not draw a triangle of people who had not met before. Well, I like that. That's good. Nice yeah. visual display there. So as you were setting it up and I was aiding in the setup process, you'd say, hey, here, pull these cards out or these planets out. As you, you were kind of the main setup leader on this and I was just your uh, assistant. And yeah, as we were going through the rules for the expansion, there was the, oh, this is the, again, like two and a half hours into setup oh, this is the expansion set up, and you and I kind of locked eyes, and there was just like an immediate like, no, nope. nah, we're not nope. We're not certainly going to restart this process. No. And just move forward. And, and honestly, the crown to the victors even more so victorious because one of their special powers relied on a, fe- a game feature that was not on the map. Oh, that's a good point. I guess yeah. I, I didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, well, we'll get to why I didn't think about it because I had to think about 40,000 other things over the course of hours. So, you know, something's got to get forgotten. Well, and I think, you know, I think we've all played with an Aaron, like in a game before, like, right. And we, I want to get into like the group dynamics at the very start of the game. I have committed to trying to make this a very fun experience for everyone at the table. And that's very different than my normal commitment at the beginning of a game. I, I commit to winning at all costs. And so we start in like the first round of negotiations, I'm I'm trying to make a pretty lucrative trade for for me and one other person, and I get significant shade. Now that is true, and you know it's going to be hard probably to translate this to an audience that wasn't there. What I would summarize this that as well as the the rest of the game playing as you were trying to be a a nice guy, but making a, a an advantageous trade. That, I think that was what you're trying to do. I was just blatantly villainous. <laughs> And outwardly so, and everybody was perfectly fine with it. They yeah. were very skeptical of you, and perfectly fine with me I as wonder, I was telling them. Why were they skeptical? I'm going of, to try to kill you. I don't know why they would be skeptical of me. I, I don't. I mean, did I perhaps outwardly give them reason to be skeptical, or did the villain to my left perhaps? Uh, now, in fairness, some of your starting trade points deserve now, defense. Now, I will make one absolute clarification. I'm new to the game. I did read the rules two and a half times. I did watch the faction videos for everybody. In the negotiation of this first trade, this 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 the great trade that I was trying to accomplish, which essentially I, I eventually did accomplish uh, to much more of a neutral benefit than I had hoped. At one point, I made a counteroffer that sweetened the deal even further for me and made it even worse for the trade partner. So I, I will say like early in the trade, I did make a mistake. Like, I misunderstood the rules of the game, and I offered, like, a really bad trade. And to their credit, the team that I proposed the trade to was, like, they were, like, no, full stop, we're not doing that. That trade did make me look more evil, in addition to Adam proclaiming that I would never, ever make a fair deal with anybody. Now, Which, I will say that I certainly do want people to be aware of your strengths in gaming and your strengths in manipulating people to get what you want in a game 
that is the role I have to play in every single game. And we can certainly have your wife be the tiebreaker if there's any confusion on this. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I don't know that I mean, this is a two-person pot. She wasn't available at the time oh, of recording. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So, But then later on, as you're doing this, and you are, for the most part, just doing game trading things. And yes, you're doing it to your advantage, but of course I'm going to make sure people are aware of how yeah. you play games. But later on, they tried to give me a benefit, and I just refused it and said, no, I just want to kill you, and I want you to give me nothing. And everyone just keeps playing like it's just fine. Like that, That's kind of like the character honestly, I was. It was. That was a coup of epic proportions. But I want to I wanna, let, – let's finish up set up, and I'll say the one oh, the, one, the one big takeaway. It's fine. I, I got us, I think, sidetracked because I wanted to t- tell my story uh, about how you mistreated me. Um, I mean, ah. it was fine. It's fine. Uh, so the one thing I'll say about setup is we we were not ready for setup. We did not know that setup would take as long as it did. And if we had it to do over again, we absolutely would have set up the night before and had the game ready to go and kind of broken it up into two things. Because really, I mean, I, th- I think it took us two, two and a half hours to set up. And, you know, yeah. at the same time, like people were asking lots of rules questions, which was slowing down the setup. And, you know, some people were reading the rules for the first time during setup. And, and I think if we had set it up before then there would have been like a 30 or 45 minute rules session and then we could have kicked off. Setup would have taken only an hour if I was doing it with you and me in that place alone. It would have gone much faster for setup. We would have redone the board. Uh, So I think if you're playing with a group of people who are vastly uninitiated into TI, one, maybe don't, maybe find some people. Uh, And two, set it up the night before. Uh, Agreed. Or or budget more time than you think to set it up because... We've all set up a lot of games, and by that I mean you and I very rarely are the people setting up. Almost, I mean almost never. Um, right. Yeah. But within the gaming community, you're used to like what you think that is. It is more than that. Yeah. If it, you're cracking the box and opening it up and, and setting it up, it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely, it is, and and especially because we had like expansion punch outs that we had to make that we weren't expecting to have to. Like, I don't know why I bought an expansion and thought I wasn't gonna have to punch any cardboard. Like. Like, I don't know what, what's going on. Again, we don't set up a lot of games. We yeah. don't punch out a lot of cardboard. You know that's what? Rule, so. You know, that's perfectly fair. So, so yeah, setup, I think that's the one caveat there. And then I think early gameplay, I think, honestly, the first three or four rounds was, was the most fun, which is interesting because there weren't politics yet. The first three or four rounds was like also four hours. More than that. What do you mean? Well, that was a long the, time. At hour five, we were almost 12 hours in. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's right. Just for the for everyone listening who may not have played, the first four rounds was ten hours. Yeah, yeah. So really, what I mean is, I think the first round was the most fun for me. Like the first, I think the first couple hours, everyone had the most energy for sure. Yeah, um, and I think we lost a little ah, bit of steam. I think actually the second or third round, because I think the first round there was still kind of that. I don't know, maybe this. How does this work? And I think like everyone in the group, like halfway through round two, was like, we got it figured out. We have some sort of plan. I think everyone had some sort of plan, and I think that felt good, right? Because I think I, I think I recognized that like no one was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna move pieces. Like people were at least trying things, whether it was defense or offense, and that felt like, yeah, we're in it. We're in actual Twilight Imperium now. I'm a little bit different because I appreciate more of the tactical pre-planning. So I, I liked – I think for a lot of people who play TI, maybe the game begins the first time dice are rolled. Mm. Because, I mean, it, it was you know more than a round or two before we got our, to our first combat. Oh, it was a while. I think there was yeah. maybe like one that was a little early, but it was like super mild. Yeah, it was like, like think- hey, you came onto the space. I'm obviously going to want – you have one ship. I don't it know It wasn't why. a battle. No, it yeah. was – there wasn't like an epic battle until like maybe eight, nine hours in. And honestly yeah. – your kamikaze run was the start of the first epic battles. 
I know you, you keep calling it a kamikaze run, and I feel like this is insulting for no reason. Just because of, <laughs> you lose the battle doesn't mean that you went into it trying to lose the battle, by you the way. Just, I, the dice may not have gone in my favor, and I will say that I understood the odds in some of those battles may not have been great, but I think it was still a good move, whether yeah, it played out that way or not. You had several minor, minor battles before that and had at least average to above average dice rolls. And then when you went in for your big battle, like you used all of your luck early in the game and had nothing going into those the big worst. battles. Yeah. The number of times I rolled a bunch of dice and it was like, nope, nope no hits. No hits, no yeah. hits again. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of that. I think I kind of lost interest as it, the game started ramping up because in the service of like trying to make everyone have fun and like convince people that in spite of Adam pointing out my factual past transgressions of exploitation and manipulation and I, I and wanting to keep the intention of like being fun for people who aren't all the time gamers, I was trying to like facilitate fun and have a winning strategy or potentially winning strategy. And I just, I lost the thread a little bit of how the game was going to work. I didn't quite understand the battle mechanics because as much as you can read the rules, like the mechanics of the game aren't going to be clear to you until you've seen it play out a couple times. And I kind of put myself in a position in the middle of the game where I was really playing for nothing. But that actually turned out to be false because I was able to make a reasonable run late, which if I hadn't kind of checked out for a round, I think I might've been able to, to, to rally past. But I basically made like one I felt like big mistake early, and I don't think we need to get into the details of what that mistake was. But you made you made a, yeah. a trade where there was a future agreement, and, and yeah. so I think that is a big part of this game. So it's kind of universal as people are right. listening here, and the rules state that you don't have to right. keep that commitment. You can break that as part of it. You and this was an integrity move that was talked about before and during this. You were not going to break those right. because we're all here. It, you know, to celebrate our buddy and to have a good time and breaking trades is not ever probably going to feel good for somebody. Right. And it just happened. The trade you made didn't honestly seem like it was well, I wild had, in that way. It ended up being a much bigger deal. It was because, debilitating because I didn't expand early enough and they expanded into yeah. a space I did not expect them to expand into, which right. I would have. If we were doing this, I would have said, okay, well, I'm going to need to attack because this is this is not an expect. But also, I think I knew that I could have expanded there earlier, and I kind of trusted them not to, which was, I mean, obviously wrong. I, the, the mechanic I think I misunderstood is, like, how important it is to spread yourself out and to realize that even if you're spread out early, that's how you gain and gather resources, and no one has built up enough to attack you yet. So it's not risky. The Nomad's faction thing was to basically be all over the board, and I right. stayed in a corner. So, you know, I would love to attempt it again with a different approach and different strategy, but I still had I still had a lot of fun, minus the, the one round where I kind of, like, was sulking. Yeah. Not, not uh, outwardly, I don't to think. To your but... other disadvantage that's not your fault was right. you made this agreement to the people, we'll say to your right, for so people can yeah. paint that image. I'm on your left, and I'm not going to ever play nice with you in these no, games. No, so you're not on like my you left. can expand into my area. Yeah, you're on my left around the table and on the game board. And that's, I mean, I guess if you're familiar with Twilight Imperium, you know that's typically what happens because that's where, where your starting squares are. But yeah, I also should have gone, like, I missed my opportunity to expand to the right. I also should have expanded to the left earlier. And then, like, it, it kind of got away from me a little bit. But I, again, I still had a lot of fun. And I think my metric was... We brought five teams together to play the game, only one of whom was super into it, and I think everyone had a great time, and that's super win. Agreed. Of all various um, like game-playing backgrounds and skill levels, so I mean, you're right, and, and kudos to you on that, because um, you did a lot of 
I think the work to make that happen that way. Um, so it worked out really great. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Now, what I could have done is read the rules at the front. As I was reading the rules, like the Tuesday before or the Monday before, it goes through. And it's like, oh, for your first game, you should use these five factions. And I was like, mother, why did I not assign these five factions? But at that time, yeah, I'd ask everyone fine. to watch faction videos and like the ship had sailed. What I learned later is no one had watched their videos yet. And I could have changed it at that time. But, you know, I, we still had fun. Uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know that that would have changed it materially really too much. Yeah. 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 I was really looking forward until someone took Mechatol Rex, which Jason finally did, I think, in the fourth round. Maybe it was the, the third round, the end of the third round. I think it was the yes, fourth round. I think in the third round, he could have taken it, but he just decided not to spread that thin. He did like a defensive maneuver to keep, uh, to keep one of the other players from, from taking it right back from him. I was disappointed with the politics in this specific game. I think we made zero laws. We voted against a lot of things. It didn't end up being as engaging as I've seen in the reviews or in people talking about. And that is true. And I don't know if that was some of the cards that we got. Maybe didn't help facilitate that, um, your big government agenda within the Twilight Imperium. But yeah, we passed nothing. And yeah, there, I, did we have any laws? No, I think we had zero laws. We had like some negative game outcomes. Uh, but very often it wasn't even fun. Like there was one where the the thing that was it wasn't a law, but the thing that was supposed to happen benefited everyone but one player. And then of course, I mean, there's no even really need to like vote. Like the one player is going to vote against it, and everyone else is going to vote for it. Like, and we had enough of those situations where there wasn't. I think there was only like one vote that was a surprise on the last vote, where like someone played a card to get the four extra votes. Someone thought they had it sealed. Yeah. And but but I don't even think the game effect was that big. No, and there were I think two actions where whatever we were voting on went away. They like the veto car, I think. So I think right. um, that makes a big difference too, because we only do this. We for us we only did it what three, three times? times. Three times, yeah, yeah. I think we I think the game went seven rounds. And so if two of the uh, agendas we're proposing out of six are, are stricken. Like it's, it's affecting the game a lot. And right. if those actions aren't received and used, it's a different game. Yeah. And I think I'll say my, uh, my favorite moment of the game for me, like in terms of like a personal victory, I was the first person to take the thing that lets you make the speaker. Mm -hmm. And I basically sold it to my right. Now they didn't take the deal, but I, I don't even care. If they didn't take the deal. I think it's really, really intelligent to sell the speaker to the person to your right. You get almost the, the full amount of benefit by acting second throughout the, the draft. They get to be the one who kind of makes the final decision in, in the politics phase. But like, and then I just essentially took it for myself and took the full benefit. But I think selling the speaker is a pretty cool approach. Uh, agreed. It was solid Aaron gameplay and just solid gameplay. Yeah. Honestly, it's kind of both those things. It's a very you thing to do. And it, was a, it is a very smart thing to do. Like I, it did not occur to me to do that. And you're right, it's real good math. The downside is almost nothing, but it's crippling to somebody to go last sometimes. Right, right. And, and in fact, and the, so the person so to their right, the, you know, the person to their right did in fact, you know, end up spending an initiative. And let's talk about that. I think the, the drafting of the actions is, I just think it's a really fun implementation of that mechanic. And I think it's befitting of a game that big. Like, I think it's good enough. I think the game is good enough to be as big as it is. Yes, with an asterisk on that. Prior to, and still to this day, not having had all of them memorized, 
Oh, right. It felt difficult to draft those. No, I... And there wasn't, like, a sheet. I, I did have them memorized. There is not a player aid. Yeah. I, so, if you're not Aaron and not memorizing everything on the first vague scan... I mean, I then, read the rules 2.5 times. So, I mean... It, uh, I'm so sorry. 2.5 <laughs> times. Uh, and I, I probably went over the leader abilities seven, eight times to memorize them. Uh, because there's because it's, it, it's each of the abilities has you know one or two or three actions that you can do on some of them and then also then the secondary actions that your opponents can take and I think that's a a super fun mechanic to like gain yourself a benefit but then have to give other people a benefit as well a, a couple other games have done that but it's it's super entertaining I, I think that that whole mechanic um, yep and, and it makes uh, turns I'll say fun and tolerable because then you're interacting on someone else's turn and it's not just it feels like you're engaged more often. Right. When that's the thing, like all of the actions that you can take on your turn are short, except the strategy action, but on the strategy action, everyone else gets to do something. Perfectly summarized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the describing what an action was, was I think one of the more difficult things to communicate from me to other people at the beginning. Like what is an action? Like what do I, can I still do more stuff on my turn? No, no, no. You've taken that. Well, I have the strategy action. That That's an action itself. And I think that's a, the mechanic was, and I think I, I think I would recommend if you're going to play to like watch the first 30 minutes of a playthrough just to get that down. I think it'll be helpful. Yeah, and shout out to the expansion because it has a player board with actually more helpful reminder parts to it, right? They That's have right. a quick reference guide that does not come in the base game. Box. Right, and it, it talks about the different types of actions and the things. And I think there's like a battle summary on there. The battle summary, I mean, the battles are pretty intense in terms of what you like have to think about um, because there's space battle, there's air battle, there's different rules for both. They happen in a different order. Um, the, the battle is pretty, is pretty intense. Uh, you agreed. And even just like the end of turn, like the cleanup phases and stuff like that, right. it's really good to know how all that happens. No, I think that's the only reason we didn't miss them is because they were on that sheet and everyone kind of referenced it and knew what to do. Um, and, and yeah, the seeing all the actions listed out, was a nice way to kind of remind yourself, oh, doing this, that's an action. I'm now done. Like, it's a real easy way to translate that. Yeah, and I think by choosing expansion factions and by getting the expansion, we made our jobs a little bit harder because there's additional asymmetry in the expansion for even even the, even the normal factions. Everyone gets uh, a couple different extra abilities, a couple different unlockable things throughout the game that you can kind of use to leverage your faction's power. But I felt like those were uh, enough fun that I wasn't mad at the extra complexity. No, agreed. And... Some of the extra complexity went away because we didn't have the planets associated with it. Right. So we would draw a card yeah. and be like, hey, we have a sleeper token. Yeah. That doesn't do anything. Yeah. You can go through a double nebula. That, what, what double nebula? You can. Right. Yeah. It's in the box. You can. Right. You can. <laughs> you know, I think let's. Uh, I've talked about kind of my favorite moment for just me specifically. I think. Do you have a favorite moment for just you specifically? For, oh, like how I played the game, you mean? Like yeah, my... yeah, just either how you played or just was there a moment that stuck out to you as like a pretty positive experience? I think when I declined there, when they oh. gave that benefit to everybody. <laughs> and, and you could probably say better what it actually was. They, they did. There's an ability for you to, I believe it's grab commodities. It's the secondary action. You have to spend something from your tactic pool, I think, to do it. But they can allow you to do it for free. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. They, were, they said everybody can do it for free. I refused and paid for it and said, I'm going to try to kill you in this game. Yeah. Or eliminate you in this game. So, yeah. And they were like, yeah. oh, Adam was such a nice guy. Like, okay, okay, okay. I didn't attack you the whole time. I didn't attack you once. Like I said, I wouldn't. It's, it's fine. <laughs>
there was one turn where you it was unclear to you that I had taken an action on my turn and then it was your turn to act and you were like have you passed and I'm like no I took this action and you're like I thought you'd already taken the action and we were like going back and forth and like it takes you a second to decide that it's your turn and you're like well I pass and then I just calmly right after say I pass oh you know what that is a hundred percent I do remember that that is the most Adam and Aaron thing in the world and yeah and this is it was laid into it too like yeah, I felt I, like that was a real I was <laughs> like I refuse to let you know that I'm gonna pass before you declare yeah. what your intentions are <laughs> You're right. That was good. Just fun for us. Yeah. I, it had to have been exhausting for anybody else. Yeah. So let's talk about how, how the game actually ended up. I want to talk about the mechanic of how they won. A thing that none of us anticipated, but that did happen, someone at least anticipated it because they did it, was the trading of promissory notes that weren't yours. So acquiring a promissory note from a player and then trading it to another player. I think twice in the game it happened. Both times it stunned the player who owned the promissory note. And I... It ended up deciding the, the, the winner of the game. To add on to painting the image of how this game ended, it didn't really end at exactly 10 points. It ended because we were 13 hours in and yeah. barely over halfway through the game. And there was a what we decided collectively was a clear lead into, I think it was nine points versus a pretty far back was everybody else. The promissory notes, there's one that you can basically give somebody a victory point and then they actually, they own that victory point until they attack you. Or is it not even attack you? They have to, if they enter a space where you are, they lose that victory point. And so someone had acquired two of those. They'd gotten a nice little lead, but then they were kind of spread thin on account of all their point gathering activities. Everyone at the table basically determined that they would just try to annihilate them from the game. It came to a point where we were going to succeed, but because we misrepresented the rules beforehand and didn't realize that you don't have to defeat absolutely everything that a person has to annihilate them. And so I think as a group, we decided like, oh, we're not going to go through this annihilation because we weren't clear to them what they needed to do to defend themselves. They might have done other things differently. They would have. They said we would have done different things if we understood that rule was that that way. Quite technically, but not actually, they got to 10 points because I gave them my promissory note to give them their 10th point for free at the end. However... Before I would have been able to do that in the last politics phase, I think you or Jason would have been able to attack them. I think Jason would have had to just retreat from an attack to allow some other player who had the the battle strategy and would have been able to like attack twice to, to, to knock them out of the game almost without effort, as long as Jason had withdrawn. They still get the win. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh yeah, like it's an undisputed victory. There was uh, a couple rules clarifications that made everyone kind of on this. And I actually, kudos to the entire group for understanding there was a misunderstanding and not just being like, no, I'm going to play to win. And also I think maybe kudos, but maybe it was 13 hours in and and everybody was maybe like, kudos, maybe exhaustion, you know, maybe so. like, Oh gosh, if we kill them out of this game, we have four more hours. <laughs> right. And I do, I do believe that had they known the other rule, they would have done things differently where yeah, they would not have been able to be beaten. So I do believe that to be true. Right. If I, you know, if we were yeah, I think there was a very clear moment where they did a thing that would have been, they were like bouncing back and forth about whether to do it. And then if they had known yeah. how, how easy it was to eliminate them, it would have been like, oh no, we can't do that at all. Yeah. They were very deliberative at some very key moments. I think the group underestimated that team and then they, they, they just took it away and won. Uh, you know, Kelly will say this, you know, that you can do a lot of things in a game, but at the end of the day, points are how you win games. Points are how you I win. I think they saw that, honestly, more clearly than yeah. I-, I did and maybe some other people on that. There's a lot of things you could do in this game that don't necessarily net you points, and they just did things that got them points. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Jason mentioned at the end that he was looking more at how the final battles went and felt like he 
should have been taking diplomacy and taking the one point for being on Mechatol Rex. He thought he was yep. too attackable for that. Um, but in the end, I don't think he was. And so, yeah, I think um, my kind of takeaway is it's a game that was really, really fun. And I don't know that I can say it's a game I love unless it's a game I decide to play once a quarter where it's not such a steep curve to get back into it. I, I would have to know that playing that frequently was going to cut the playtime down. Right. I think. Well, and that's, I was reflecting on the game and honestly, like, it's amazing it takes that long. It's like a seven or eight round game and each player gets like three or four actions around. Like, how does it take so long? But then it just a lot does. Of you can do. Yeah, yeah. It just does. And then, and I think we had some analysis paralysis type behavior. But I mean, that's to be expected. Everyone's new to the game. And I think that's going to happen probably for a while with it, right? right? I mean, yeah. There were very few super long turns. Yeah, I, honestly, and there were some pretty couple. fast turns. Oh, I was in my soul, especially in my sulking rounds. I was going very fast. Yeah. Because I was, and so and I think, and I wish I had. I think because I think I would have more round, fun if I had slowed down. Yeah, I think in any given round, maybe like a couple people would take a long, a pretty long turn to figure it out. Right. And understandably, but then other people weren't. It was rarely every person. Right. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same person really all the time, right? And I think. Correct. But I think every round did feature one really, really slow turn. And that's okay. That's, that seems right for this game. What I did not anticipate was how much fun the battles would be. Super fun. Yeah. Yep. They do a great job. And also doing air combat and ground combat, which I think is very challenging in a game to do. They yeah. keep it, they keep it pretty simple, and they keep. Here's what I like about the game: it's all so logical. Yeah, the rules, as complex as they are, everything kind of just makes sense when you really think about it. So once you learn it, it's very easy to play through with it because it is battle in the air. Once there's a victor, then you. You land because yeah. you're not going to do that before there's an, an air battle. Like, I mean, everything makes so much sense. It would make a pretty good online game. And oh. I know I like online games more than I think in general you like online oh, games. Oh, I, 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 I hate playing games online. I do it. So, okay. I wasn't going to say you hate it, but okay. That's good that you did. So, I, I think if that, that would facilitate so much of the setup, so much of the general administration. You could probably play the game in, do you think, five hours, six hours? Yeah. I used to play War on a computer back when computer games were very new. Not War. I mean, uh, well. Risk. Risk. Thank you. Yes. Boy. You know what? I've been your friend for too long. I don't That's know right. how. Like, it just, it was too, it's too fast. I knew what you meant. Of all the War games the there are, flu. you know, exactly. So I used to play Risk and there was a mode where you could just not watch the battles. You just say, I'm attacking here. And then you click a button and it speeds through the battle and lets you know who won. It's not as fun. Yeah. Uh, or dramatic, but it is fast, and I think if you did that, you could especially play fast. Uh, so that I mean you're not wrong about that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that could be one way to do it. Um, I think a thing that was surprised me is we've mentioned a couple times that we brought together people who didn't have experience with the game. I expected to enjoy it. I expected Adam to enjoy it. I knew Jason would enjoy it. I think the other two players both enjoying it, and to the one like I, I feel like one of the players was like, "Yeah, I want to play this again." And that was an, ex an incredibly unexpected outcome. And I think just speaks to maybe how good the game is. When you're a salesperson and you're trying to sell something that's good, like all you really need to do is get people to try it. But sometimes it's hard to, to make that step even. That's what you're saying on that. No, I, I agree. I think everybody walked away happy and wanting to do it again. And I think some of that is the game, but I think some of it was our mindset. Right. We, 
we all collectively as a group made it a fun game. And I could definitely see this game not being fun oh. with people that do not want it to be fun. Let's be honest here. I mean, you <laughs> can. I mean, it, it's a rule that you can break your promise. And you and I are people that can make a game not fun. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've made some games not fun. You and I both have. And especially to each other. I, I think <laughs> so, there's large swaths in my family that refuse to play something as simple as Euchre with me. Yeah. And that seems reasonable. Honestly, I but, feel like that's very logical. But but I think, so I, So as we're selling this, we all wanted it just to be fun and good. It's still competitive. We all took it seriously. We weren't just yeah. letting anyone do anything. But that mindset, I think, facilitated a lot of the good times. And maybe that's a note to people playing it for the first time is go into it, making it fun, and you'll enjoy it. And so I want to ask a question of you. Like, let's presume that you were going to play it quarterly uh, for the next two years. Let's say you were going to commit to eight TI plays. Okay. All the same faction or a different faction every time? And whatever rule I follow, everyone else is following, correct? Yeah, let's go with that. The same faction for two to three times. All right, so so you might play two fa- two or three factions over the course of those eight plays. Correct. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the right approach. I think I'm always going to want a second play with a faction after I've played it the first time. Correct. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Because um, you you're, you got to feel it out. Yeah. That, and it sounds weird to say for a... I mean, it, this would have been a 22-hour game. Had we oh. actually played all the rounds out yeah. and extrapolated the data, like... Oh, because because e- even in spite of the mistake, I think it would have come down to some luck. It's possible that the team would have gotten eliminated even if they had known the rules, but they wouldn't have got eliminated that round. Uh, they would have had yeah, one chance to get lucky. saying that there so, yeah. wasn't a victor early yeah. and we played every round. Oh gosh, yeah, it, it could have gone. Yeah, it would have been a very long thing. I would like to play the Nomads at least one more time. I don't think it's a faction that suits my strengths, but I think that might also not be true. Like, I want to play it again and see if I can make it happen. I think that's absolutely not true. I It's a game and games suit your strengths. So well, I don't know. But I mean, like, like, you know like, I would say certainly I wouldn't want to play like the, the Federation of Soul. Because in that type of, I don't want to be battle centric. I like to be kind of. I will say, you know what? I think that I think I've I've talked myself into wanting to play the Nomad a lot more because I think what it does is allows you to gain lots of influence and cash without making any enemies. And I think that is how I want to play that game. Also, I had someone on my left who was just swearing to kill everyone, so it reduced the power of my faction a little bit. Well, that is true, and I can't <laughs> argue against that. <laughs> You didn't do a lot of battling. Battling is very fun for you to say, like, you don't want to do a lot of battling. I think, though, also, if you were with a group of people that was fine with it, right. you know, like, battling's pretty fun. Yeah. So you're right. If you're with people that are okay losing ships, you know, right. being eliminated, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I think, I, I think honestly, if I played a faction that was supposed to battle, I would have more resources to build back up the army uh, on the losses. And that's, I mean, that's the game. That's the game. Absolutely. If we can talk, there's very specific battle strategies and universal ones that if you don't know... Oh, fighters. Get the fighters out. I have so few fighters. Oh. And that means I know nothing to somebody that hasn't played this game, but like if you don't know to just get ships that are just going to die and that you just need to lose. You need ships just to lose. So having like fewer, bigger, awesome ships isn't really good. Right. No, you need... like. Having big, awesome ships is great to take out, like, small sites, small settlements. Like, they're, you're pretty unstoppable, which you, you had actually early great success kind of yeah. mowing down people's overextension with some of those big ships. But when it came yeah. to real battles, like, people with far less big ships than you just had fighters for days, and they just – they and, and got also some really sweet dice. 
They did, but again, and, and that's and it makes sense. And what I I wasn't really frustrated because the logic makes so much sense, right? If you just have a big army of small things, that's tough. If right. they only have one, like I mean, it seems like yeah. it all makes. I'm saying it makes sense. Like there's actual space battles, by the way. I know, like yeah. like there's a there's a logic and science to it. But from everything that you know, star yeah. all the star dot dot dots have taught us, this seems to make sense. Yeah. The uh, even the biggest ship only takes one good hit. As an aside, I'm thinking of getting more. People are always like, "Oh, Star Wars or Star Trek," and I'm like, "Really, neither." But I like both of them, so I'm just gonna pick one and go with it. I'm gonna start watching more of the like, the back the back canon stuff. Yeah, I mean, and the novels are really good for Star Wars, by the way. So yeah. like, if you get into it, I mean, that's all canon as well. So yeah, no, you know, I like to listen to books. So that is true. And, and I, I have, mean, I, there's probably a bunch of audiobooks for it. I will say the most negative thing that happened as a result of this TI experience is that my YouTube feed now thinks I exclusively want to watch TI videos, and I do not. Oh, that is fair. It is so. like, they're like, oh, you're a faction guide. And I'm like, oh, I cared so much about this exactly two weeks ago. I care. Right. <laughs> like, it's like, nope, no, I can't. My brain's not, nope, nope, not hanging on to this. Yeah, that's fair. What do you think as far as this um, same question back to you, by the way, of we're playing eight times? I think I either want to play random factions every time, every player, and you don't get to pre- prepare because I think that's a fun, a fun challenge. But honestly, I'd rather just play the same faction eight times. Oof, and, that's a, and, I mean, that's a you thing for sure. Like Oof. I want to like dig in, and but but then also can becomes not fun because if other people want to play different factions and I am like very good at the specific faction I have, that's not super fun. But also, I think the game's big enough that it makes it hard for even eight games to specialize in a faction because if other people are switching, you need different tools and mechanics of your faction to relate to the other to the other groups in the board. So if I'm playing, I think if we all play the same eight factions, everyone does it, I'm going to get pretty deep into my faction and be pretty good relative to the group. If everyone else is switching the whole time, I don't know if, 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 that's, if that's true. I think there'll be some benefit, but I think it won't be, a, you know, it, it won't be at the same rate potentially. Right, and it will help me to villainize you more as the person who is so experienced at it that we obviously should not trade with him and attack him. About 15 years ago, I made a tactical error and I was a jerk to Adam in a game. And now it wasn't, let let me not falsely classify it. It wasn't a game. It was a series of games. And, And now if I play with new people, they're immediately explode, exposed to my history of gaming, which does does have a negative impact on my ability to get what I want. I think it is just an evening. I, I feel like I'm the balancing. I don't think what I'm doing is swinging the pendulum any further than right where it needs to land. Yeah. I mean, I think at times it has come to pleading people not to trade with me. I don't think it was true for TI. Again, if we could get a third vote in this, uh, <laughs> uh, I think we will see exactly where this is. Well, I mean, I think, actually, I think this is a good time to end it. I think we, oh, we've oh. given a good representation of TI. We had a lot of fun. We talked about the ending, the setup, the middle game. And now Kelly, as she often does, will record the outro and weigh in on, uh, on this very battle. Thank you so much for listening to episode 98. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. There are so many things to mention here in the outro. One, there was a fair bit of editing, and I hope you enjoyed the space swoosh 
sound effect that whisks you from one topic to the next, there's a link in the episode description if you'd like to grab your own royalty-free sci-fi sounds. Two, uh, the most prominent red flag I had while dating Aaron was his behavior during a game of Monopoly with my roommates at the time. So yeah, don't trust him in games and definitely don't play Euchre with him. Three, and just for the record, I suggested that they should learn the game way before they actually did, which was the day before, and sent them videos and all kinds of stuff. So that's on them, but it sounds like it turned out fine enough. Uh, four, if you would like to learn more about Twilight Imperium, maybe you listen to this episode still not knowing really anything about the game, RTFM has a great tutorial, and Shut Up and Sit Down has a few different videos for this game. They have their regular review video, they have a documentary that they did called Space Lions about Twilight Imperium, and they also have a playthrough that was originally on their Twitch, which you can now find on YouTube. I'll have links for everything I just mentioned in the episode description. And lastly, you may be wondering why I didn't play the game. Now, I could have, despite it being a bachelor party, I was absolutely invited. It wasn't a gendered thing. But I just chose not to. I stayed home. I had a great day. I played five different solo games, and that was only two hours of the day. I had another 11 hours just to be an introverted bliss. I, I, I had a great time. The next episode might be me talking about the five solo games that I played while they were playing TI. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 97 more episodes headed your way. The next one being our picks for Game of the Month for March 2023. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. <laughs>